Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Win stacks of cash by entering the 150K Crack the Code giveaway. Brought to you by your local paper, now through July 14th. Look for the code on page A2. Then visit 150kgiveaway.com and submit your entry. You could win the grand prize of $100,000. Grab the paper every day. Get the code on page 2A and improve your chances to win tons of weekly cash prizes. Visit 150kgiveaway.com for details. From the newsroom of the Rockford Register Star, here's what's new today. Sometimes I'll go to bed at night and my brain will just be running a million miles an hour. I, I always have ideas. Like I was I, way more ideas than I do uh, execution, I would say. My brain is very ambitious and there's no possible way my body could even do a quarter of the things I think of. But I'm always thinking. I'm always uh, obsessed with a new thing to learn about. I really like to learn new new skills and new tools and all kinds of stuff like that so sometimes it's that some sometimes it's terrifying things you know there are sometimes you get scared at night and you have a scary dream after watching uh you know scary movies in the dark with your friends i'm scott yates multimedia journalist with the rockford register star and that's my guest today steve Knotsinger. he's a 33 year old lifelong rockfordian He's a painter, a fabricator, a musician, a 3D printer. Let's just call him a maker of all the things. And he shows his work under the moniker of Karate Horse. He embraces failure on the path to creative breakthroughs. His upcoming solo art show is called The Power of Failure Compels You. And it opens at the Courtman Gallery at 107 North Main Street in Rockford on July 12th. Steve was kind enough to visit the Register Star newsroom last week for one of the more animated conversations we've had on this show. We spontaneously break into a battle for the best impersonation of Brandy Macho Man Savage. My apologies to any wrestling fans out there. Let's drop in on our conversation now. Steve, I'm really excited to have you on Meet the Artist podcast today uh, because, like me, I feel like you are enthralled with the process of creation and um, uh, you're enthralled with the process of creation just as much as you are, or if not more than the final product itself. And uh, anyone who gets to see... You know, anyone gets to see the final piece that hangs on our wall or gets to hear that music track that gets blown into our earballs. Uh, but this conversation, I hope, 
shows our listeners where you come from and why your art exists. So thanks for coming into the Register Star today. Hey, thanks for using the word earballs. I use that word too. I love that word. Uh, it's, it's great to be here. It's cool to see you again, Scott. Right on. Uh, so uh, folks can see your work um, as uh, paintings, as fabrications. They can hear your work as uh, a musician. But how would you describe the work that you do? All over the place. I don't know. Um, I. It's really hard to wrangle in one specific media for me. I'm my my attention span is very short. So I'd see something, I get interested in it, I'll work with it, um, I'll I'll use it in a project. I'm probably backburner it for a while and try a different thing, and then I'll go back to that thing. I'm just I'm inspired by a lot of different things you know i like mechanical things i like things that are two-dimensional um in fact the show that i have coming up soon i actually did a electronics project where i have servo motors that move a a thing and it's kind of interactive um i don't know ever since i was a little kid i've i've always just been like that i i've taken i I remember getting in trouble all the time because i used to take electronics apart um i'd you know take a stereo apart or you know and just Actually, at one point when I was a small kid, <laughs> had what I called my computer, which was a wooden box that I would take electronic parts out of whatever, and I would nail it to that box and I would pretend that it was a computer. So I think from a small age, I was always just tinkering and making things and drawing pictures and being crazy. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I want to get into your uh, beginnings, if you will. Uh, in a bit, but can I just tell you a quick story uh, of kind of why you're here? Sure. Um, we've met uh, a little over a, a year ago now, I think. Yeah, and just about I, a year. I've kept uh, threatening to do a story on you and do a photo story on you. Uh, finally, I got you into the studio here, into the newsroom here for our podcast. Um, I, I first met you down there at BD Is Art Festival uh, last year, and I looked it up. It was Saturday, September 8th, 2018, uh, and you were graffitiing, if I can use that as a verb. It a, was, yes. A very, <laughs> it was a very large and wide canvas, Yep. Um, and I think I asked you to describe it, and you just came up with the name for it uh, right off the spot, right on the spot there, um, and, and I thought that was really cool. That was the... the uh, process of creation right there right yep. in front of my very eyes <laughs> call it a thing <laughs> yeah uh and then i saw you again at the greenwich village art fest uh down there at the rockford art museum and discovery center parking lot i think it was a sweltering hot day it was a very hot weekend i i think uh i was a lobster person after that after that weekend i was very sunburnt <laughs> bless you for hanging out there i i found your booth and i went in there initially to get out of the shade i started uh perusing your work i don't think we even said ho- uh hello yet at that point um and as i was looking at over your work and your your sculptures there um i started tearing up and you had some paintings there i started getting graflect if you will wow which is awesome a yates family word for (laughs) for just really having an emotional reaction to to your pieces there and it was because uh your prints of cthulhu-like creatures reminded me so much of my friend's artsy fartsy group back home in virginia i think uh that day i was either emotional uh, after a tough uh, assignment previously to that uh, Mm -hmm. or just uh, extremely homesick 
Um, at any rate, it reminded me of my, my punk uh, friends, my steampunk friends, my burner friends, the tattooed fire dancing angels on earth back home. And I, I was just really uh, uh, reacting to your pieces there. Wow. That's uh, uh, that's a pretty awesome compliment. Thank you. You're, yeah. Well, that's, that's my fanboy card right there oh. on the table. Um, I'm your number one fan too, Scott. Thank you. Your check is in the mail there. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, viewing your work just pulled out some some buried emotions that I wasn't really ready to show the world in the, in the middle of that hot parking lot there. But there I was, uh, and that's part- I thought you I thought you were just sweating from your eyes, sweating. Yeah, that's what it was. Thank you. I was just sweating from my eyes. That's all. Uh, so that's partly why I'm so happy to uh, so happy that you're alive and that your artwork exists for us all to enjoy. Um, I. I can't guarantee that most people will break into tears when they see your work. That's You're about to make me break into tears. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I bet your audiences will certainly feel something. And I feel like that's uh, indicative of a successful piece of art, something that elicits a response from the viewers. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think art is a good outlet to say things that you might not be able to put into words uh, to be able to, just work on something or tinker on something and get through, you know, maybe a hard time you're having in your life or, or whatnot. Um, I feel like you were said in the, the beginning, we were talking about the process and I'm all about the process. And I think sometimes I just get lost in the process in a way that it becomes, it's like my brain shuts off and I might be doing the most, the most, a mundane thing or the you know most tedious thing where you just do the same thing over and over again like the we'll talk about a little bit later wiring a 90 leds for something you know and that's you each one you have to touch it with your hand and you have to do this and you have to put the shrink wrap on it or whatever and you get to a point in that where you're you're just automate your muscles are just doing doing that stuff and your brain might for me my brain just kind of goes places and i think and i engineer stuff into the you know future like that sounded crazy and I'm not making the future, but, um, I think about the project as it's going forward, you know, like uh, what hurdles I'm going to run into, uh, you know, if, if this happens, then I have to do this. And it's, you know, it's, it's always preparing for failure, you know, cause it's always a, a possibility. Um, how important is failure to your creative process? It's extremely important. Um, I'm actually basing my upcoming solo show at Cortman's around failure. And that actually, that comes from something, uh, from you actually. What? Yep. Yes. Well, com- well com- do, do tell, let's back up here for a second. So, uh, you're also on this podcast because you have a, an upcoming solo show at Cortman's gallery down there on North main street. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us, uh, I think it's so brand new that, uh, I actually have some information on it now. Well, do Whoa. please do share with the world here. Yes. So, uh, the show is going to be called the power of failure compels you. Um, it is going to be July 12th is the opening. Um, and it will be going through August. Uh, it's going to be an assortment of 3d printed projects, um, a couple of fabrication pieces, and just a whole lot of fun stuff and kind of an exploration of failure in the creative process. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I am looking forward to that. Um, I think a lot of, uh, uh, of your audience would know you as the creator of a line of rock guardian, 3d printed sculptures. Yes. Can you explain to us what is 3d printing? Oh, 3d printing. 
Uh, 3D printing is a magic robot that makes cool things that come out of your brain. Um, no, basically what it is is that it's a three-axis uh, machine that X, Y, Z, so forward, sideways, up, that kind of. And if you could imagine a hot glue gun attached to that that spits out molten plastic and it just knows where to put things and it creates a, a structure out of it. And I don't know, I've been doing it now for a year and some change. Um, I kind of bought my first 3D printer and then realized very soon that I was going to need a couple because everybody wants you to 3D print something for them. And it's not a fast process by any means. Um, I did a set of the Rock Guardians for a show at Cortman's in December. And each one of them, they were 18 inches tall. And I think each one of them took about a week to print. So it's, a week to print just a foot and a half uh, piece of sculpture. Yes, <laughs> that's that's crazy. And um, that process is an all or nothing process. So talk yes. about failure. If you oh, get 99 yeah. percent done with your your piece and something goes wrong at the tip of the head up there at the uh, if we were talking about the guardians uh, at their helmet area something goes not right you have to start all over because yeah. it's not going to be scratch correct. scratch it throw it in the throw it in the failure pile oh man <laughs> oh man so for folks unfamiliar with rockford history the famous rock guardians uh, uh are a set of sculpture stone sculptures down there on the rock river recreation trail at sinisippi park along uh, right on the water line of the rock river and i believe they were created by Teresa Agnew the year, Steve, that you, the year before you were born. Yep. Right, Steve? 1984, I believe. Okay. Well, that was the year that I was born. Cool. So uh, we've got that. You guys have might have the same birthday. Uh, we may. <laughs> I, I won't tell the general public exactly when I was born uh, on this podcast, at least. Um <laughs> But but enough about me. Uh, let's talk about you. Why did you make uh, this series of Rock Guardians? Uh, first, it was it, they were a they were a staple when I was a kid. I remember my grandparents would take me down. We'd go down to the river and walk down in the bike path and stuff. And I would always want to go down and check them out. I thought they were like the coolest, especially when you're small. They seem gigantic. I mean, they're still pretty big, but like when you're a kid, they seem just gigantic and cool. And I thought, I'm like, somebody made these things out of rocks and probably some metal and some cement. And uh, just come find out, I, I believe she was a small lady. I don't, I've heard stories. People talked to me at Greenwich last year when I had them and some people would kind of bring things up. Some guy told a story about her being a really tiny lady who was working out of a grocery store or something like making them i don't know if that's true or not but it was cool for him to tell me that um anyways uh yeah so it was just a thing that i always wanted to go see when i was a kid it was it was just um, they were magical to me and i believed that you know at one point i believed that they were real and they were you know protectors and stuff and as as i grew up i kind of moved away from that and then i ended up moving downtown rockford about 10 years ago um and pretty close down to the bike path. So I would, you know, I'd run down there sometimes and I'd run by them and it kind of spark interest. And I noticed they're not looking so hot anymore. Uh, they look very different from when they were first made. They used to have, they all had adornments at the top of their heads, the rock pieces, and a couple of them have fallen off. And 
I was just kind of thinking, man, it'd be kind of cool to put a little bit more focus on them or, or whatnot. So I took it upon myself to go take a bunch of photos of them. I was probably like a crazy person taking a hundred photos of them. Uh, and then I took them home and I looked at the photos and I digitally sculpted each rock guardian as best as I could. They're not, they're absolutely not a hundred percent accurate, but, um, I did that and I 3d printed them for Greenwich cause I wanted, I just wanted a, to have a thing like that. And they were a, a pretty huge hit. People like them. That's really awesome. So mm-hmm. Rockford, I think is in the midst of a public art renaissance here, certainly on display with our, uh, recently, uh, wrapped up mural fest yeah, uh, in, down, in downtown. So perhaps somebody listening to this podcast can help, uh, uh, look into the status of those rock guardians and yeah. see if we, uh, are able to restore them to their in, in initial state. We can make them rock again. <laughs> we can make the rock guardians rock again. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That elicited an oh yeah for sure. Yeah, and 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 for uh, <laughs> that's probably going to get cut out here just for just for my own pride's sake here, or turn it into a Macho Man Randy Savage oh yeah, oh yeah, the Rock Guardians. <laughs> Let's restore them to their natural order. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh here's a peek into my creative process when i'm bored i actually practice that voice that's awesome and i i actually only use that voice all the time at home so yeah yeah angie loves it <laughs> and and angie is your new fiance yes uh yeah. congratulations by Thank the you. way and um i will ask her about your um uh randy savage voice at home okay and see how it's coming yeah <laughs> <laughs> When you close your eyes at night, what do you see behind your eyes as you drift off into Neverland? Oh, I don't sleep. No, I I don't know. Um, sometimes I'll go to bed at night and my brain will just be running a million miles an hour. Of I I always have ideas. Like I was I, I'm way more ideas than I do uh, execution, I would say my brain is very ambitious and there's no possible way my body could even do a quarter of the things I think of, but I'm always thinking, I'm always, uh, obsessed with a new thing to learn about. I really like to learn new, new skills and new tools and all kinds of stuff like that. So sometimes it's that some, sometimes it's terrifying things. You know, there are, sometimes you get scared at night and you have a scary dream after watching uh you know scary movies in the dark with your friends that was the name watching spooky movies in the dark with your friends was the name of the giant spray paint piece thank you so much i paused <laughs> during that story because i for the life of me I, I brought it up but i couldn't think of the name so thank you so much watching scary movies with your friends yeah uh that's that's actually that's that is right i remember that now it was a i think there was a long uh before that but that was the name of it but yeah i don't know i my brain is always super duper busy as you can tell i jump around topic to topic and kind of crazy that way but um it's usually it's usually good things i see though when i close my eyes at night life is pretty great right now so you also play music mm-hmm. and perform in, in bands yep. or a band. Uh, play in two bands. Yep. So bands, plural. Um, speaking of uh, trying to wrangle your thoughts here, I know musicians get into a groove with their bandmates when things are going well. Mm-hmm. Things are going well with you. When you're in a musical 
groove with your bandmates. Describe what that's like. What is it like for you uh, to be in the groove? Yeah, to be in the groove, it's like it's like butter. It's when you don't have to think about things, when you just know what's going to happen next. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to play in, I play in two bands. I play in a band called Tentacles Everywhere, which is a pretty just like stripped down folky kind of band. It's real cool, multi-instrumental. Um, Chris and Kyle and myself is just a three piece. And we do that. We've been kind of on hiatus for a little bit, but um, still going good on that. And then I play in another band called speaker speak, which is more of like a rock band. And it's when you've played in a band with people for over 10 years, you know, 11 years, 12 years, you kind of know where they're going to go. Um, and you can just feel what's next. That's the best, the best feeling in the world is like starting to just jam on a song or, you know, somebody has an idea or whatever, and that jam turns into an entire song somehow because you each know where you're going. You know, you're, you just, somebody takes that turn and you take the turn with them or somebody gets real quiet and you get quiet with them, but it, you know, and sometimes it, that doesn't work at all. Sometimes it sounds like a bunch of instruments falling down a flight of stairs, but, um, it's, that's, that's the best feeling though, is just locking in with your, your people and just knowing where they're going to go and go in there with them and, making something either really cool and awesome or quiet and sad or loud and angry. Um, but that's, that's wherever your mood takes you. That's yep. what you guys can yeah. do together uh, in a, in a singular fashion there, yeah, wherever my drum slappers take me, <laughs> where can folks catch speaker speak? Well, um, currently we don't really have anything. We don't have anything lined up, but generally, you know, we play at Mary's Mary's place. Um, any, pretty much any place downtown the usual haunts yeah we're currently working on a recording so that's kind of where our focus has been lately we got 11 songs that we're tracking okay. and all right so you got some new stuff in the works there yep great great well we look forward to hearing that uh the fruits of your labor in that endeavor um so you worked uh, at a musical instrument retail center in yep. the past uh but that wasn't doing it for you uh and you uh took the leap to being a full-time maker yeah. Uh, you, and you make things in several genres of art. Is there any one thing helping you to pay the bills these days? Uh, no. <laughs> so scattershot, it seems to be the theme of uh, yeah, the day here today. It's, I mean, I currently I run sound. Um, I, I do that for bands on the weekend sometimes. Um, so that's most of my income. But, you know, just various projects for friends and stuff. That's, yeah, it just kind of makes it work. It's nice to have a really good partner in crime too. Like she, the the fact that she supports me like that. And Angie, your new fiance. Yes, yeah, is, she, uh, a, a tremendous partner in she crime is, for you. She's the best. You know, she supports everything I do when I doubt myself or when I'm freaking out about how the this is going to get paid or that's going to get paid. She's always like, just shut up and work on something, and everything's going to be okay. You'll be fine. That's wonderful. I think every working artist needs that support network, yeah. spiritually, emotionally, uh, realistically, financially as well. I couldn't do any of it without her. It's it's It wouldn't happen. I'd, I'd still be where I was uh, over a little over a year ago. So we've talked about where you came from, some of your beginnings and inspirations, what you're up to these days. Uh, looking into the future, though, what artists um, are you excited about now? Um, and it's perfectly fine to shout out your fiance here, as you've already done. Yeah. Who else in the, in the Rockford art scene are you looking at these days? Oh my God, the Rockford art scene is amazing. I love 
seeing everybody who's in it. I like it. I've only, I've been out and doing art, you know, publicly for a few years. Um, this has been my first full year is like, okay, I did. I felt like I did a lot of things last year. Um, this year I felt like I kind of, I'm kind of in the shadows hiding a little bit because I've been working on some stuff. My fiance and I have been selling her house. So we've been working on that and doing a lot of stuff like that. Um, but the, the artists in our community are amazing. You know, Jeremy, Jeremy Kalanicki, Carmen Turner, um, Jenny Matthews, Laura Gomel, the list goes on. I mean, all just great people. I mean, a lot of those people really took me under their spices, little chicken wings when I took the leap and left my nine to five to, you know, pursue doing what I've always wanted to do my entire life. So those are good feels. That makes yeah. me feel good to hear that uh, the Rockford art scene is very supportive yeah. of its member artists. Sarah there. McNamara, she was, she, I mean, all, all kinds of great things. They're just, if I felt like it was pop-up after pop-up and all of my friends were like kicking them off and doing them. So it was, it was nice. Fantastic. Looking at that bedrock of support and activity here in Rockford, where do you think the future of art in Rockford is going? The future of art in Rockford I feel like it's, I feel like it's a very art-driven community, but I feel like in the last couple of years it's just ramping up. I, you know, there are some people in the art community that have vision, and they have that drive to do the big things. You know, I mean, I, Jenny, she's amazing. I mean, Jenny Matthews, Jenny Matthews a previous is, guest yep, of yep. this podcast. Yes, uh, she's she gets crazy ideas, and she's the kind of person who doesn't like stop until it happens like she'll she'll fight that idea to death and make it make it real and make she it awesome she is the first to admit that she's obsessive about the the big things and the small things yep. to make things happen yep yeah she's she's been very helpful we did i think i did one of the coolest shows i've gotten to do with her asking me to do it was the rockford motel art show that we did last year the come and go motel art show I like to wrap up every conversation with my guests with one of my favorite interview tricks, and that's to uh, uh, troll your Instagram feed for some sort of post that is intriguing and something that I want to know more about. Something uh, a, a post that uh, uh, teases me that there's a new and uh, more expansive story behind that post. So um, you are on Instagram at Karate Horse with a little underscore between karate and horse. And I'm looking at one of your posts from February 3rd. It's a discus-shaped UFO about the size of a beach ball with a glowing green and purple alien thing sitting in a bubble of the cockpit there. Um, what is going on here? <laughs> so this comes from uh, a very good friend of mine from high school, Nathan. Uh Right after I quit my job and decided I was going to be a full-time maker and artist, crazy person, uh, he got a crazy idea. He wanted to do a fun, funky bathroom, and he wanted me to make a 3D-printed UFO chandelier for him. So what we're looking at here in this picture is just the center of it. That's like the, the main hub, and I actually had to print a... So my printer will do 15 inches wide, so the whole UFO is 30 inches wide. So I basically had to cut that that main part into four sections and print each one separately, and then they attach together. And I'm, it's kind of awesome that you're bringing this up because I've been making some super headway on it, and we're about done with it right now. Uh, each one of the sections took a week to print. 
And Again, 3D printing takes forever and we'll per talk about square inch. Failure here. Um, I had to print the four sections, I think, three or four times, which which is a lot of waste. <laughs> like I I went through, I learned a lot. It was the first most ambitious big 3D print I had taken on, but uh, it's yeah, it's going to have about 90 LEDs in it. It's crazy. It's going to be one of the cooler things I think I've ever made, but. Yeah, it's just a fun little bathroom chandelier. And that's going straight into a private collection, so uh, general public won't be able to see this Unfortunately not. Unless uh, they are going number two or number one in this fellow's uh, bathroom. I'll hit Nathan up and be like, yo, you want to come? Can we come check out the UFO, please? (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, it's a crazy project. It's about a year now I've been working on it, and we're just about done with it. So a lot of work. Fantastic. Tedious. And we're just about done with this episode here. So Steve Knopfsinger, Rockford artist and maker, you can catch his upcoming solo show called what now? The, the Power of Failure Compels You. And that is at the J.R. Cortman Center for Design and the Cortman Gallery at 107 North Main Street in downtown Rockford, opening on July 12th. Yeah. So Steve, thank you so much for coming in to the Rockford Register Star today. Thank you, Scott. You're the best, man. For more from the newsroom of the Rockford Register Star, go online at rrstar.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.